right, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fierce Electronics Podcast. As always, my name is Alejandro Pinedo from the Fierce team, your host for today, and I'm very excited about today's podcast. I'm joined by João Borges. Uh, he's the Global Director of Hardware Engineering at Whirlpool, and uh, and uh, we have a lot to talk about. So, João, welcome to the podcast. Great to have you on. Thanks for making the time. Hey, thank you, Alejandro, and um, thanks for having me here. So, let me start by introducing myself real quick. So, as you said, my name is João Borges. I'm the Global Director for Hard Engineering at Whirlpool. And what that means and what my role is, is I'm in, in accountable for the delivery of all the different electronic controls for the appliances we design, right? So we have a number of brands. Uh, we have a number of products, washers, cooktops, uh, you name it, under the Whirlpool brand, KitchenAid brand. And a lot of the design that goes into those, the parts, the electronics, the, the touch controls, the motor controls that we have in those appliances are designed, electronics are designed by, by my team. And that's basically, that's what I do. Brilliant. Well, I can imagine uh, that a lot goes into that, especially given the breadth of Whirlpool and all the uh, appliances that, that you guys look at. So to, to give folks a bit of an idea of what, uh, perhaps not what your day-to-day -day looks like, but but what your your how your team works and functions, how how do you prioritize research? How is that carried out within Whirlpool? Uh, how do you guys look at these uh, emerging trends and, and sort of pick what direction to go uh, go through? I imagine that's a very oversimplified way to ask the question, and there's some intricacies there. But perhaps do your best to explain it to a layman such as myself. Okay. Well, so let's take it from the top, right? So what we do uh, in the group I work in is called the Global Product Organization. So the, what we do is we do products. So we design the products that uh, that we sell under under our brands. And Whirlpool philosophy is really customer-centric. Uh, our vision is to be the best kitchen laundry company, uh, improving always uh, our consumers' lives at the home. So we always start from the consumer, and that there's many data sources for that. So we have our own uh, research teams that try to understand what are the pain points uh, in your daily life when you're doing your laundry. You know, how, how can we make that better? We have focus groups. We, we ask uh, several questions to different customers. Uh, we try to understand... Um, what are different uh, things that we could do better. We have different ways to also assess the industry, right? What competitors are doing, that's important, right? You want to understand uh, what kind of information the, the, the consumers are getting from different, different sides. Uh, we also go to trade shows. So a lot of uh, the effort that we do, especially in my team and my peer teams in technologies, we try to understand what are the trends in general uh, in other products? I mean, because uh, as a consumer, you don't see an appliance by itself. You don't see any product uh, as a unity. You're being bombarded constantly by multiple um, sources, right? So you, you go and buy your smartphone at your, the store. You go and, and see your friend's car at the garage. You're looking at your TV. Uh, and, and all those are, are different pieces of information that really create uh, an image to, to, to what the consumers are going to be dri driven into. So we pull all these data sources. There's multiple processes we have to do that. Trade shows, competitive information, uh, consumer data, consumer research. And with that information, we have different internal streams to investigate it further. In my team, for example, 
we are I'm electronic, so I'm always constantly checking what are the latest launches in in the electronic space. So what are the big names in the industry doing? What is Google doing? What is Apple doing? What are all these different companies doing? Because all of those trends inevitably have opportunities that we can tag along. Uh, the other thing is we have different teams even deeper going into specific uh, circuits. So in my case, again, electronics. I have a power electronics team, so we really need to understand what are the trends. Uh, there's a technology called uh, silicon carbide that's used in very high-end uh, inverters that are going on cars these days. It's not quite at the cost that majority of um, appliance customers are going to be able to afford, but we need to be on the outlook because that technology eventually, it's a more efficient technology, eventually as that matures at the volume scales, eventually that may make it into a mainstream application. So all of those data sources get put together. And in our case, on a, on a, on a yearly cadence, on a certain cadence, we review our product plans. And we also review what kind of technology plans. Do I want to investigate silicon carbide or not? Maybe this year we'd look, we take an assessment, it's not the right time. Maybe next year we're looking, hey, let's, uh, the new, there's new data. Apparently the cost is coming down or we have more suppliers supplying that kind of technology. Maybe now we want to take a project and go a little bit deeper, develop a proof of concept. And from that, we can finally agree to design an appliance that has the technology embedded and, and finally offer that to a consumer. So there's multiple routes, but always starting with a very consumer-centric um, view. So technology for us is always a support for a bigger vision, right? We don't do, uh, as Whirlpool, you're not going to see a lot from, from, from Whirlpool that is, there is a technology and I just want to give the technology for the sake of the technology. We really want to understand how we can make your life better. If that's not making your life better, we typically will take our time to make sure we find the right uh, usage of that technology. Makes perfect sense. Obviously, you want that user experience to be top-notch and the technology will will be the deciding factor in, in how that uh, that's enabled. So before I jump into specifically on, on that user interface, I, I, you mentioned, you know, Silicon Carbide. What's perhaps a, a key trend that you're seeing within electronics that you guys are, are looking at now or you're seeing at trade shows that you think is worth... Uh, uh, thinking about at this uh, juncture. Right, that, that's a very good question. So two big trends I think are worth mentioning that of course Whirlpool is not the only one looking at those trends, but with the advancement of power electronics driven by these big moves, I'm going to say for sure in the auto industry, there's all the industries that are also pushing more uh, power electronics. The power electronic space, I believe it's a space that needs to be constantly observed. So that's a space that's going to continuously morph because we have a much bigger uh, pool of uh, use cases that we had like 10 years ago. Like 10 years ago, uh, 20 years ago, uh, the, the usage of high-power inverters was X. Nowadays, you can see all the push for electrification, and that's going to be in solar panels. That's going to be in cars. All of that is definitely shaping and adjusting that um that space, right? Whether it's from the semiconductor supply, whether it's from the different applications, because as well, the semiconductor manufacturers, for example, they will be interested in developing new processes because they're going to be asked different challenges when they need more efficiency or we need better costs or we need a smaller package. All of that push to improve that industry will eventually trickle down to all the different applications that have, for example, motors. So, th so that's one. 
the for us is big and we need to always be uh, connected with what's going on even though as an industry we are a couple of steps behind so we have the luxury if you will to observe and 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 time ourselves to to go into some some different tech uh, and then another one that i guess worth mentioning and again it's on the news not not very uh, not surprising i would say is is uh, machine learning just in general there has been um, a lot of development in that space and that's whether it's again uh, from smartphone companies uh, when Google started working on it and made it such so easy that anybody can today start doing machine learning on their computers, start learning. There is a free applications for that. Uh, the number of uh, silicon made to do a better job in processing models um, uh, at the edge, for example, is increasing. So there is a big movement in the industry going more into and enabling machine learning applications, we're also interested in that. We're, again, we're not the only ones, but that definitely sounds a, a big trend. And the more we can take advantage of it, the better, right? Because in the end, we may be able to offer, as I said, better uh, better features for our consumers by leveraging the technology, right? So again, the technology will be used and is being used to improve performance, for example, to improve diagnostics and, and a number of other metrics in our products. So those are two that I think are worth mentioning. Uh, there's many others. I mean, in the uh, in the in the user interface space, there is many trends, and and of course you, you're probably bombarded with a bunch of those as you see different launches. Electronics is always an exciting place for user interfaces, uh, but but in that space, I think there is still a lot of variation. So I don't think there is a winning trend, and really you need to think holistically in your product so that you can cover a wide range of use cases and applications, which is the case of our industry. And and you make you know the point about the user interface and. Uh, I know you mentioned that you you live in this uh, electronics engineering side, but and we've talked a lot about these trends now that are coming within there. Um, but this all has to make sense to the consumer, right? When this person is interacting with your your appliance, it, it needs to come together. So you know you you've hinted at a few sort of uh, key uh, trends or key advancements in in UI UX when it comes to to appliances. Anything that you think is worth highlighting that we can look forward to or you're or that you're already rolling out in, in Whirlpool. Right. So in general, the the things that we see in our industry are eventually reflections of others uh, in, to some degree. Uh, we look into similar things uh, than that other consumer appliances. We want our controls to be easy to use. We want them to be accessible. We, we analyze uh, different profile heights of consumers, right? If a control is too high, it's not good enough. The control is too low, it's not good enough. Um, the, the, the viewing angle. There's many different variables that we look into when we are thinking about the UX experience. Now, what we see coming more than before because hardware is getting cheaper because uh, software it's it's getting to a degree that we have more things to do we have more capabilities to offer uh, we can start to expect more context aware products again not just from us but from from many different industries which means what happens when you walk into the into your kitchen what happens when you approach your product what happens when you schedule something in your calendar what happens when you're interacting with another related product another appliance but maybe this this other product can help connect the dots right so maybe you started a cycle in some appliance but another appliance can start to get ready for the next action so there is many things 
with relates uh, with relationship to the context awareness that I think is where the industries in general in the smart home is trying to go, which is to make that individual pieces of the puzzle interact better as a whole. Uh, that's something that I think is going to be a trend in general for the house, including, of course, the, 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 the appliances uh, that we design. I, I love that point around the height of the controls because, uh, at least in my household, uh, an eternal battle is my four-year-old trying to uh, turn on just about every appliance around. So uh, I'm sure you guys are thinking about that as you think of the. Yes, the, no, uh, abso- the absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, for example, one challenge we have, which I don't think it's fully, fully solved, is um, you know when you have a washer and a. I mean, in the industry, I think. When you have a washer and a dryer, one of the ways you can use it is stacking it up, right? Mm-hmm. But guess what happens? When they're sitting on the ground, the best position for that user interface is on top. When you stack, you stack your dryer on top of a washer, that becomes, you know, a little bit of a challenge because it is very high, right? So so there is different things we're looking into. There's things that competitors have looked into to try to solve that problem. But but we take those as problems, again, that they need to be addressed and we want products to be better. Um, um, but, but yeah, but I agree with you. I have the same, have twin boys and yeah, they, they touch every single button they can see and they find buttons even <laughs> that we try to hide. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, there's always a curveball that, uh, I'm sure your engineers then have to, to think about. And sometimes it comes in the shape of a toddler or sometimes in some, uh, some other ways, I'm sure. So, I mean, and, and this just popped into my mind here, you know, as you're thinking of these engineering innovations and building it into your products, how many years down the line are you thinking or, or does it is it even closer than that? You know, how quickly can these innovations from an engineering electronics point of view or even, you know, at a, at a, a controls uh, um, perspective, you know, when can these things be implemented? How long does this take when we think about white goods? You know, you've mentioned a lot about the automotive uh, sector, you know, uh, also setting some some technological trends. I know there that, the you know, the adoption cycle isn't very fast sometimes, right? It, it takes a while to implement these technologies. Yeah, how, 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 um, how far into the future are you guys thinking? Uh, so we do have so we launch products, uh, I don't know if you're aware, but we launch products in every region, in every category, every year, multiple times a year. Um, it may not be the industry that you're going to see popping up all the time in your Apple News or something like that, but but we, we are constantly updating our products and launching our innovative features. We have plans that are in motion uh, to, to have some things that are related to what I talked about, more context awareness. Uh, we just launched it not too long ago, probably about a couple of years ago, products that you know had presence sensors. Uh, we have products that have improved the user interfaces with different displays, uh, a very good UX where the flows are, are, are really magical, really they're mimicking um, other industries. So we are taking uh, the user experience in in front of uh, an appliance uh, to the same level as other industries are are doing with with their user interfaces. So it's not too far. Now, what I think is going to take long is for a lot of these things, which is probably again common in other industries, for all those things to scale. So you're going to see. So we, we had a product, for example, we launched it in CES four years ago, three years ago, which was a product with vision, a great user interface. It has a camera. Uh, uh, food recognition, 
it was able to detect different things and we were building a lot on that platform. It was mostly a proof of concept, but the, the, the challenge a lot at, uh, for the, a lot of the industry is the scaling, right? Sometimes you getting that into the market, it's one step. Making sure customers understand the value, that that's what they want, and then you get that scale and it becomes commonplace. Everybody has it under 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 house. That may take a, a little different timeline. But I would say a lot of what I'm talking about will see the light of day, will be in production, will be sailing in few years, not 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 many years, not not more than two years, four years. But um, but a lot of uh, that scaling, I think it depends a little bit in in, in how things are going to evolve in the overall industry. And I think you, you've answered this in a, in a way, but perhaps to close here, as you, as you look at these uh, engineering trends, these uh, technologies that are coming as they hit scale, what, um, what do you see as the, the digital home or the connected home, at least from your domain of, of the appliances that live within that connected digital home? What will it look like in, in 10, maybe 20 years? What, you know, what are the sort of Jetsons, right? When we think about the future, what, what can we look forward to <laughs> right. in our homes in a bit of a longer term, more aspirationally, perhaps? Right, that, that's a good point. So for sure, especially with moves like like Matter that's coming this fall in the connected space, connected home space, uh, I, I I'm 100% sure that in 10 years or 20 years, the, the the one of the bigger changes is that that ecosystem is going to be way less fragmented, right? So today, you know, today the in my opinion, the smart home is really more for a lot of uh, is it, not quite there. There is smart pieces. The home is not really smart, right? So you have small pieces. Maybe your camera is smart. Maybe your door lock is smart. But all the hassle, I don't know how many apps you have in your phone to control the things you have. I have many, right? I have solar as an app. I have a door lock as another app. So, so I think that fragmentation is going to go down. I hope, I hope it disappears so that a lot of the things are seamless. What I don't know, and this is, um, and this is where I think a lot of the industry will start navigating towards is, is where and how each and every company and, and piece of the puzzle is going to continuously add value, right? As soon as you have less fragmentation, it's easier for the user to interact with these different products and different and different ecosystems. You know, it's seamless for, for the user so, such that it reaches a wider population. Now, it opens up a lot of doors, but then it also opens different questions we didn't have before, right? How can you, how can everybody add value? How can everybody really make uh, their uh, their mark in the home when it's not going to be doing, you know, an Alexa thing? Like Alexa did that. That was great. They did that ecosystem. It made a lot of different appliances and products be able to connect uh, to a certain ecosystem that was a little bit more cohesive, that challenge is gone. That challenge is going to be solved. There's, we, we expect that to, to happen. Uh, but what each and every company will, will, will do to ensure they keep adding more value, I think that's what the challenge is going to be. So for sure, less fragmented, I believe, is going to be way more practical where you don't have to be so worried about different individual appliances where, you know, with, with, with Matter, there is uh, different features, for example, you can self-heal, right? Some device dies, you can reconnect to another piece of the mesh. Those are all different features that will make it seamless. I believe the, the smart home has to be something you don't think about. 
And today, for those who have many devices in their home, it's something you actually think too much about, right? So you're always thinking the notification and this and that. So so that's going to be where, where I think it's going to be. And that's when I think the shift in the world is going gonna, is gonna, is gonna to make its bigger impact, right? When when we can stop worrying about what it is and it's just just works, right? It just gives you the value as a customer, and then the companies can 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 help provide you that improved uh, life at home. Well, I think it's a very generic answer, but but I think yeah, that last fragmentation is going to be great. No, I, I think that's a great great answer because it's turning me into a a smart home optimist because I, I've heard a lot about the smart home over the last 10, 11 years working in in telecoms and electronics and and you always did hear it as a fragmented story right this is my device and or this is my piece of the house and this is how it's going to be smart and you're right until it all becomes cohesive then it's going to be hard to, even as a selling point, uh, to make it attractive at, at scale because you need to make it simple and, and easy. So I, I like the direction of that. And it, it makes me think that we're, we might actually be getting there. Yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, maybe a lot of people don't think too much about it. Maybe maybe it's my own opinion. But, but that piece of the puzzle, which is to make it simpler, which is to make it less intrusive. I think when that piece of the puzzle it really improves, I think that's going to be a, a super giant leap because that is a bigger barrier. Right? Whenever I, not just I, you know, any consumer gets to, to look into what they're going to buy and what they're going to add to their home, I mean, the, in the back of everybody's mind, they think there is, you know, how is this going to work? Is it going to be practical, right? Is it going to really integrate with, with my house? Is it going to be simple? And... And I know for, for different demographics, for example, a lot of users will not consider that to be a driving uh, factor in their decision-making to buy anything because they just don't, that's a hassle. Now, and I can think about the number of friends, I can think about different demographics we actually survey and, and, and get information from. Uh, I can think about my own family that there's many, many of my relatives are going to say, you know what, you know, I just need this to do the function, that's all. But when you ask them a couple of more probing questions, you, you get to see that they would like to have some of the benefits of a, of a, I don't call it a connected product, but they just, I mean, they, if, if it was a plug and play, really plug and play, you plug, turn it on and, and you get a notification when, when something is done, it would be a no-brainer. You wouldn't even consider that now to be an option. So I think that that is going to be a big thing for the industry. It's been talked like this. I really hope, of course, that uh, the the efforts in that space really pay off because there's a lot of people and a lot of industries uh, putting a lot of uh, faith into that. But but if that does happen, I think it's going to open up a complete... It changes the problem, right? So today the problem is convincing people. One of the problems is convincing people there is value, convincing people you should buy this, you should buy this hub, this TV, this you know connected appliance. Uh, in the future, the, the challenge is going to be what is what else? I mean, okay, it's, that's a no-brainer. Of course, it's going to have that feature. But now, how are we going to add the different? So the question would change, which to me is exciting because that's what makes uh, you know innovation. It opens up for different things for us to to be thinking about, and different you know value streams, different opportunities to delight customers, to simplify uh, what they're doing in the house, and so on and so forth. 
Absolutely. Well, there you go, folks. You heard it here. Uh, complicated engineering and UI and machine learning, but you got to keep it simple. I think that's the so uh, at least an important takeaway to make sure that we we adopt the connected home. Uh, and again, I'm oversimplifying as always, but if anything, uh, Joao, the last twenty odd minutes have been great to listen to some of those key trends also how you guys work and, and how engineering innovation works and happens at a at a leading company like whirlpool so we we really thank you for your time and, and for joining us um yeah and, and we hope to have you back uh, not in not in 10 years but in, in a little while to to keep uh, a bit of an update on how we are on that road to uh, the connected appliance and the connected home it was my pleasure and thanks for for having me and and uh, thanks everybody for for the space brilliant and to you listener as always thanks so much for joining us for yet another episode of the fierce electronic podcast as always we'll be back in your feed next week in the meantime if you haven't already make sure you subscribe and uh, until then do join us at uh, fearelectronics.com for more great insights until then take care and see you next time